Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Hi, Jordan. How are you, friend? Jesse, I'm doing great. I'm back from tour. Yeah, and uh, you look, uh, I was going to say world-weary. Yeah. Uh, but then I thought that that might be insulting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, True. So I'm just going to say, Granted. You, look, you, look like, you look like you've lived. You look like you've seen some shit. Okay, again, I mean, I've heard, that's still insulting. I, You're going to have to pick something less insulting to say. You, you should say that I look... Hey, Jesse. Yeah. I got one. Yeah. Hey, Jesse, you're back from tour, right? Yeah, I am. Man, did it make your dick thicker? <laughs> Thank you very you got a much. thick old dick in there. Thank you very much, How Jordan. Did, where did you get that? Did you get that in the, at the Philly stop or at I the got that Brooklyn stop? Washington, D.C., our nation's well, Washington, capital. Washington, D.C. I got it from the President of the United States. Barack Obama? Yes. Barack Hussein Obama? <laughs> Granted. Gave you that thick old dick? Granted. He's not, he's not my president. Sure, well, he's a president. You know what I mean? Some would call him a president. I call him the president of Kenya, Jordan. Sure, well. <laughs> Come on. That's where he's from. Yeah. But Born it raised. was nice of him to give you that thick old dick. Yeah, I thought it was too. Uh, it turns out, you know, Congress is deadlocked, Jordan. I don't know <laughs> oh, if you know hey, that. Boy, yeah. It's difficult to get anything through Congress. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the president, thankfully, has been using his executive powers. Mm-hmm. So that's how my dick got thicker. Now, is that just the <laughs> neck of the turkey he pardoned? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, roughly speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He pardoned it briefly. <laughs> then killed it. Yes. And then used the neck to elongate usually, and thicken your penis. Usually the speech mm-hmm. on the when he pardons the turkey sure. is about the spirit of togetherness and and so on and so forth. In this case, he just he just went out there and said, and he did use the teleprompter, mm-hmm. but he went out there sure. and said, uh, I hereby pardon this turkey from eating mm-hmm. that it might and thicken <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is stupid. And then he gave you, gave you a little point from across the, uh, the Rose Garden. Oh, one of those great president points. Yeah. Oh, man. You know, I mean, I know that, you know, we're not nuts about his policies. And, yeah, you, know, you can the, say that again. The fact that he's been lying about being from Kenya, but... Sure. Stand-up guy otherwise. Show me the birth certificate. That's what I say. Where is it? Show me the birth certificate. But other than that, Pretty stand-up guy. Well, I mean, I like his pointing. Sure, I'll grant. I'll, I'll grant you two things, okay. Jordan. I don't. Lo- I don't like his policies. Mm-hmm, no, I don't like his attitude. Mm-mm. I don't like a foreigner being president. Sure, a homosexual foreigner at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so those are some things that I don't like mm-hmm. about the president. Okay. The two things I do like about the president: mm-hmm. number one, the pointing; number two, the dick. <laughs> sure. No, that's too... You know how you do that. Hmm. If you're going to be visiting Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. you have to write a letter to your congressman. <laughs> so I wrote a letter to my congressman to see if the president could do anything about my member. Hmm. And, the, and he came through in spades. Yeah, it was a public radio tour for NPR. <laughs> sure. Have I mentioned that? I'm an NPR host. <laughs> Seriously, I did. I had a great time on the tour. Uh, you know what people want, want to talk to me about on the tour? Hmm. You. Well, just like what I was up to, or just uh, you just just uh, how much they what love am I you. what am I like in person? I got multiple requests. I'm talking about three requests mm-hmm. to either give someone your phone number mm-hmm. or give someone's phone number to you. Okay, 
And this was presuming that in the future but now is this we would too, go on tour to is these this cities. Too, is this so me and that person could arrange sex or is this just so we could, you know, like text each other memes? I mean, I I'm interested in things, I'm interested in both. <laughs> I don't think those two things are exclusive of each other. I should mention that our uh, our guest, our guest who we've not introduced, is making a pretty sweet P in the V motion. <laughs> yeah, real serious. Well, let's introduce our guest. Let's do now that yeah, you know him as a you know him as a stand up comedian. Uh, he's got a brand new record on uh, AST Records. Uh, you know him as a past guest on this very program, mm-hmm. uh, comedian Dan Telfer. Hello, Jesse. Hello, Jordan. That was now the P and the V motion you were making while we were talking about that was one of the most violent P and the V's. <laughs> here's, I have. Here's the thing about I'm, me and my P and the V sure. motions. I got real long, gangly arms, and I, and I know it. <laughs> and my hand-eye coordination is not great unless I'm holding a video game controller with them. So sure. what I would like to do is just slap it at the yeah. old V. So this is like, like we're just we're two blind people who love to just fuck from <laughs> six feet apart and just run away again and sure. just slam into each other again. And I you know s- nobody's getting hurt, but it's the way they like to do it. I see what you mean. <laughs> I I can see in your P and the V motion the P and the V motion that I imagine a a less coordinated NBA center would make. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, well, I got the Manuel Bradley. Yeah, yeah, you got yeah. the Yinka Dare. <laughs> And I want to, I, and, and I think something that was note of, noteworthy about this P and the V is that the V was slamming the P as hard as. Oh, I'm a feminist vice. above all else. Right, yes, and I think I <laughs> appreciate that. All the ladies in the audience appreciate that. I was also impressed by the sheer distance involved. It makes me wonder if you've ever put your P in a V, Dan, because I, I have. I have sired two children. Dan is a father was, twice over. So there was about a yard mm-hmm. between them. Every time. Mm-hmm. And like a traditional P in the V, you might start far away, but then once it, mm-hmm. once the P goes in the V, mm-hmm. once the index finger enters the ring made by the left hand, uh, you kind of yeah. speed it up and keep it close. Mm-hmm. Whereas, Dan, you were doing it as though it was a semaphore signal. Mm-hmm. Like full real, body like, extension. We've got a lady in a really expensive fuck swing and an indecisive man who's not sure. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I mean, you paid all that money for the fuck swing. Yeah. Right. So she's aggressively having at it and he's like mostly hitting the mark. Okay. Is, I can see it now. That's a very, it's a very vivid word picture that you've painted. Is, I have a vivid imagination. Are there more affordable fuck swings? Is there a range Oh, available? for sure. There's like the, you go to Target and you get a fuck swing. It doesn't have a lot of dexterity involved. Sure. It's got a lot of like hard joints. Okay. It, it doesn't. It doesn't move a lot. It's got kind of hard plasticky leather. You know, I got one at H and M, and it just fell apart the first time I watched it. Yeah, yeah. but then you know, it would you, cost nine bucks, so you know you can't complain too hard. But right. uh, one of those artisan handcrafted fuck swings, they use a lot of like you know handwoven material, sure. can reclaimed I, wood. Can I recommend still a good value? Mm-hmm. But I got the uh, Jill Sander fuck swing mm. from Uniqlo. Mm, okay, I'm doing a collaboration. Sure, yeah, it's very stylish. Yeah, sort sure. of minimal. Not a lot of branding on it. Exactly. I thought that was very nice mm-hmm. from the Uniqlo plus J collection. <laughs> I don't want to look at a lot of logos while I'm on a fuck swing. Nah, so, you know. okay, fuck swings and <laughs> P&V motions. What's your favorite fuck swing? And dick thickening aside, yeah. I do want to say, mm-hmm. uh, first of all, thank you thank you to everyone who came out to the mm-hmm. shows on, on my Bullseye tour. You can listen to them on Bullseye. We had some – it was like some real amazing, amazing shows. And uh, so that was great. But also, thank you to everybody. You know, I talked to a lot of people after shows 
um, a lot of Jordan Jesse mm-hmm. Go fans came out um, and shared with me what the show means to them. So th- that was really nice. And thank you very much, everybody, for that. And um, thanks to every single female who came to the show um, for talking to me about having a crush on Jordan. Sure. And uh, hey, Jordan just to go world tour, right? Is that what yeah. this is leading <laughs> yeah, to? Yeah, I think that's what we're prepared to <laughs> I announce. I just need to meet some nice people to text beams to. I first met you guys. <laughs> that's what I'm like, just, uh, if anybody's out there in radio land. It was land like 2009, and, 2010. I mm-hmm. met you guys yeah. when you were on tour doing yeah. a little yeah. uh, Chicago Jordan. Yeah, in Chicago, mm-hmm. yeah. A while ago now, Chicago, Illinois. That was is a that wild. That was that's a what it used wild to be called. Time. Yeah, was that in February? Might have been. I once went to Chicago in February. It was cold, and I couldn't believe that it was real. I couldn't believe that it was a place that people live. Now, granted, because of the cold and the wind and whatnot. I'm my temp. My personal acceptable temperature range runs from fifty-five to seventy, because I'm oh, from San okay, Francisco. Yeah. I might seventy-five. I'll I'll go up to seventy-five. Uh, in the summer. I don't mind temperatures in the 70s in the summer. Mm. But everything else is uncomfortable to me, so I will grant you that point. But, like, my brother lives in Chicago right now. He's a dog walker, so he works outdoors. My brother, Brendan, walks around in that nightmare. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that thing, th- that nightmare lasts for a solid, I mean, it's five months of full nightmare. And I grew up there, man. And I... yeah, what's your, what's your, what is your Chicagoan local... That method for beating the cold. You just got to wear a m- so many layers. Yeah, just a massive amount of layers. You you gotta you gotta wear your boot. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gotta get those those like mountain climber boots where it sure. takes you ten minutes to unlace. So you gotta keep some extra shoes in your backpack. Mm-hmm. No wearing vans to work. Sure, no, my friend. Those vans yeah. will get destroyed. It's gonna soak right through. Yeah. So then you gotta get some uh, some snap up pants to mm-hmm. put over your normal pants. Okay. Wait a minute, like tearaway pants? Tear-away. Like a basketball warm-up pants? We've already established that I am an NBA center, <laughs> right? so I just have these laying around. Right. And uh, then when you get to work, you rip them off to the to the strains of y'all ready for this. Yes. Yeah. And then, yeah, you get yourself a coat, you get a scarf, you get a hat, maybe one of those little face masks so the wind doesn't actually hit, because... Mm. I think the worst part is just the air touching your face. Right. Mm. You know, your hands you can put in your pockets, even if you get your gloves, whatever. You put them in your jean pocket, you'll live. It sucks, but whatever. Your face, the synapses are screaming at you. <clears throat> like, I am going to just peel off my – your skull is being abandoned mm-hmm. right now. Like, this is the end. So you got to get one of those little scarves or face mask deals, I think. It snows, though, so you get a white Christmas. It does. It's lovely. And I do miss it. I've lived out here for, you know, like three years now. So I I, I do miss having a white Christmas as we are about to not have. Are you teaching your children to – because they probably – put an H sound in front of a W and say (laughs) the word white. Yes. Yes, I am. I went to theater school. Thank you for Uh, noticing. Sure. Uh, you got to hit those consonants. Those am cons- I teaching them that snow doesn't consonants. exist? What? Uh, or like just to like bundle up, just maybe have them do some drills in case, you know, you guys do spend Christmas in Chicago. Yeah, you can, maybe. Like... I, we, we just went to Zoo Lights last night. Sure. We went to the old zoo late mm-hmm. at night, and we had to bust out the old Chicago coats because it was, you know, down to like 45. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But I've been to Minneapolis. Have you been to Minneapolis? I've never. I've always wanted to go to Minneapolis. That kicks Chicago in the dick as far as cold weather goes. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Is that I America's friends, yeah. coldest city? <laughs> probably. That's probably like Fargo or some shit. Portland, yeah, no, Maine. Yeah. Perhaps. Uh, I have not been that far in the the, the northeast. The I've been to Min- I've been to Minneapolis too. I mean, East what Isington? What Minneapolis doesn't have on Chicago is Chicago 
in a, I've been to it in both in February and in a tolerable time of year, like a September or something. Uh, we got that autumn. Or October. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, in the six weeks of tolerable weather in Chicago. It's amazing. Um, and it's an amazing city. It's such a beautiful city. Uh, it's really, it's just wonderful. We got trees. You got gorgeous mm-hmm. trees, beautiful houses, very affordable relative to uh uh, your coastal major coastal this cities. If although people in Chicago think that it's expensive because they're comparing it to Gary, Indiana, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, filmed a couple of Batman's there. People like to tell you about that. Yeah, exactly. People tell you about the Blues Brothers. <laughs> um, My dad was in Blues Brothers, by the way. Really? Yes. Well, what's he? Does he uh, have a word lines? No. Does he have a words? No, in but it? you can spot <laughs> him sliding words? over like a police car in an army officer's uniform. Oh, oh cool. Going So people in Chicago talk too much about Blues Brothers, but I talk too much about Blues Brothers. You know what? The Blues Brothers is great. Yeah, Blues Brothers is really good. That is definitely one of those like 70s comedies that your dad will like to talk about that actually holds up, you know? Yeah, well, and I remember just being a kid and going like, oh, this is actually like, I I get how this is dark and funny and I'm a kid. Sure. Which I think is rare. Like, I think most of the time when you, your parents, like, like, that was how I found out what Nazis were. (laughs) <laughs> it's from the blues, and that sure, is honestly I think that's how all kids should learn about Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I think that you know it really like <laughs> how much like crazy funny stuff happens in that movie really like really glosses over the fact that the Blues Brothers themselves are not funny. Like, yes, that yeah. really is true. Like, they're just dancing men. And the, the concept Brothers, just makes no sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they really did an amazing job turning a what is really. The worst Saturday Night Live <laughs> recurring sketch ever. Because it's which not is even just, really a sketch. It's just like, hey, remember yeah, how we have guys, a musical guest? Look at these dudes. Yeah, I know. That, what's amazing about it is not only not only did they make that movie, they made albums. They have sure. they have like a platinum plus album. Mm-hmm. Their first album, they they were selling out like the Hollywood Bowl and stuff. Well, to this day, they technically still have a series of very successful live music venues. What's amazing is that it's, <laughs> like, how is that even real? <laughs> it now? speaks it, to my mind. It speaks to the depth of baby boomer racism. <laughs> like these guys in like 1980 were introducing the black popular music of 1965 to America. <laughs> like, so huge, huge hit songs. And people were like, you know what? That Aretha Franklin really <laughs> is pretty good. Who's this? James who? James <laughs> Brune? Uh, yeah, that is the amazing thing to me. Because, like, and their movie, it, to their credit, their movie had a lot of actual talented uh, black Yeah, singers. although it has a fair amount of them doing stuff. Yeah. And they are awful. Mm. They're awful. How well, d- sure, but they look silly doing their little step routines. And... Yeah, the little, for their little things. That's fine. It's How fun does, watching fat But it's a great fun movie. I mean, they're yeah. both great at being in the movie. Yeah. How does, you, how does your dad, how does a young... Let's say Bruno Telfer. I don't know. You're close. Yeah? It's Bill. Bill. Okay. Well, yeah. How does a young Bill Telfer get a non-speaking sliding over a car role in Blues Brothers? Well, that's a great question because I don't have the exact answer to that, sure. sir. But I will tell you that much as myself, he went to theater school, was oh, like a okay. theater guy. Sure. I'm sure they had some kind of local audition for, okay. for hey, you want to be an extra? You know, prove that you can say this line if you have to say it. And sure. That you can wear this costume without falling down and you're in. Hmm. 
My uncle was in it also on my uh, mom's side. So oh wow, it's a, it's a family my, affair. My mom's uh, brother and my dad were both wearing those uniforms. You can just see my dad a little better. Now, did you try out for Blues Brothers two thousand? <laughs> <laughs> I most certainly did not. I haven't tried out for a lot of movies, but uh, when I was in college, I did audition for uh, Carrie two. Oh, okay. Which was real fun. Carrie two the rage. Yeah, Carrie two the rage. One of my favorite. One of my favorite bylines of all time. <laughs> It was uh, it was great because at the time I was into stage combat and I was a little mm. uh, beefier. Sure. Uh, so I auditioned for like the jock, which was still hilarious because I was still pretty nerdy back then. Sure. Uh, and the lines are just it was the worst. Do you was... know who the jock role went to? I don't remember. No, mm. there was like a solid month where I was like, I'm gonna remember this name is cool, but then I, the the meaninglessness of the Lavar Burton. <laughs> and now that's why you hate Lavar Burton. I, I love. Levar. I've got finally got to meet Levar Burton on At Midnight. That was a good. Oh time. yeah, he did come into At Midnight. Yeah. Did yeah. you? I I didn't go up to him. I was a little like, he was. He's one of those celebrities where, where you are like, oh, I I guess I have a lot of feelings about you, Levar Burton. Yeah. He, him, like I didn't. Ex, you know, you get you get hit with some of these celebrities sometimes. We've had yeah. three on the show where I was like. I don't have to shoot a behind-the-scenes video with you for social media, mm-hmm. but I might try to because if I can meet you, sure. my heart will explode. And it was LeVar Burton, mm-hmm. uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson, mm-hmm. and Eddie Izzard. And the three of them, I was just like, <laughs> got to make well, sure I see them. Huh. I want to make eye contact, mm-hmm. please. Like, just totally making sure that happened. One time R2-D2 came on the show, too. Oh, and we uh, all lost our goddamn Yeah, mind. I was like, all right, another goofy Star Wars thing on at midnight. But when R2-D2 came on and started to beep, I was like, you know what? This is great. R2-D2 is awesome. Listen to him beep. He's right there, and he's beeping. And a man with the remote control car thing it was so is making fun. him beep. The guy, he let me do a backstage video with him, too. Sure, and, sure. Uh, the guy who drove R2-D2? Yeah. Okay. So, like, we're literally doing a, a sketch, me and R2, about mm-hmm. him playing Candy Crush when he wasn't supposed to. Yeah. And uh, afterwards, I was like, can I hug R2-D2? And I, and he made – the dude holding the remote made R2-D2 make, like, a sound while I was hugging him. And I almost started He's sobbing. Like, George Lucas's policy? You may <laughs> hug. You may not fuck. Well, the dude is cool. <laughs> Do what not was, fuck R2-D2. What was awesome about it was he was he built it himself. And, mm-hmm. like, it was his thing. And you, like, get permission from Lucasfilm to do this. And then oh, you okay. get to go – but it's all self-motivated. Like, you get to just become, like, a licensed advocate for <laughs> – for Lucasfilm, and uh, you know, much as the way like the 501st Legion gets to build their <laughs> like a, own stormtrooper outfits sure, and sure. just wear them around and make them look exact same, it, but but then they're like a volunteer organization. They go visit kids in hospitals. So like, I bet if I was a sick kid, I would like to see R two D two. But if you oh, were fuck, a sick yeah, you, kid, would you yeah. want to see a stormtrooper? I always, and here's <laughs> yeah, they're, they're now, here to clear out the hospital. <laughs> now I know, I know. Uh, some people in the 501st Legion. I have an answer for that. And I know some sick kids. The answer, well, that that also. I've been thrown up on several times. Uh, yeah. They can't fucking wait to see him. Kids aren't scared of Stormtroopers. They're the dumbest villains of all time. Oh, yeah. They're constantly missed. They've never killed a single person. <laughs> they're, they're, they're dummies. You can easily fit into their outfits if you knock them out. They're, ador- they're vaguely threatening because their faces made sure. to resemble an archetypal skull. But other than that, they're just hmm. like, look at those goofy... Dingbats. So kids are always excited. They don't care. I would be afraid to meet Maria from Sesame Street. That'd be a pretty intense, huh? Holy shit! Can you even imagine? I met Big Bird, mm-hmm. 
and I have a photograph of me with Oscar the Grouch. It's pretty good. Both of those were pretty intense. Mm-hmm. That's the same guy, by the way. <laughs> um, both yeah, of those were pretty been, intense. But he's like, been doing it for a long time. I feel like I am like guy. imprinted on Maria. Hmm. Also, Maria... She just retired, didn't she? She just retired, yeah. And it, she's like 65 or something like that. And she did it for she's 40 years. She's still very good looking. That's another thing she, that yeah, Maria I would find disconcerting about yeah. it. Yeah, Maria is a very good looking And woman. I think Oscar just retired. Like, like a couple of them did it for 40 years and looked amazing the whole time. Now, is Os- does Oscar no longer live at Sesame Street or does another guy do him? He's still Sesame Street. Okay. But you said he retired. Sorry. No, I don't think Oscar guy. retired. Oh, okay. No, no, no. no I'm, is it Louise? I'm thinking of the guy, Louise, the man. Oh, the, Louise was Maria's husband on the show. Yeah, Louise and Maria were both on the they show. They were my parents. And they the retired. <laughs> Not Oscar the Grouch. I okay. okay. I literally Thank just you. got yeah. the name That's wrong. Okay. I was watching Sesame Street the other day, and something occurred to me, which is like, I think that just, I mean, I the neighborhood I grew up in is nothing like Sesame Street. Sesame Street is so New York-y. But it wasn't a good neighborhood, right? Like, didn't you want Right. To say- like, I just think that the fact, I think it was like the only show I w- watched or have ever seen that was just in a city neighborhood. And that I realized, like, as a 33-year-old watching it with my son, I was like, holy shit. That means so much to me, <laughs> like compared to like Mr. Yeah. Rogers' house or something. I mean, sure. I love Mr. Rogers too, but like I was like, "Holy shit, this is like, like a just feeling like it was your neighborhood." Like that meant so much to me. Also, as I said, I think I thought that Maria and Luis were my parents. <laughs> <laughs> they were sending oh you God. secret message about when they were coming to get you. Exactly, <laughs> they're coming to rescue me from my broken home. <laughs> <laughs> Maria. Uh, my parents loved me very much. Sure. Just hated each other. <laughs> Didn't, how was Maria and Luis's relationship? So Maria and Luis had a wonderful relationship. Mm. That's one of the reasons I wanted them to be my parents. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's because they kept it fresh in the bedroom, I bet. Oh, you bet they did. But they looked really, that's again, they looked very young. You wouldn't have sure. guessed they aged more than five years in the 20s. No, and Gordon, since. too. Gordon, too. Only white people get old on television. <laughs> Partly in real life, yeah, but he like, does look good. yeah, Gordon looks great. Gordon looks the same. I mean, he had a shaved head. That helps. But like, Jordan looks the same as he did in 1983. Yeah, white people have the 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 most tendency to bloat. I think. Well, oh, also our skin. We're, we're the bloatiest race. Sorry, next year we're outside like designed, to this. Can you confirm that white people are to be the destroyed bloatiest by the sun? Race? Like we have the sure. worst, like radiation absorbent uh, mm-hmm. skin. Like I, I have so many f- friends who are like from like parts of Ireland or something, and they just have already had like three melanomas on their mm. faces. Like, eh, whatever, it just happens. Your face just explodes from touching the air, you know. Whatever. Guys, I'm feeling bloat. I feel like I've. I feel like I'm. I will. I will bloat. I feel like I am on a on a on a track to being white people to being I mean, roundy. We took cheese too seriously. I think it's that's true. Yeah, that's what I've we're learned. too into cheese. It's really good, though. Okay. Well, Jordan, I mean, you are a round-faced person. It's part oh, of sure. your charm. Sure, and I think, I, it's, mean, I think it's only going to get more severe until I am a sphere. Really? Yeah. Have <laughs> you rounded out more as you've gotten Oh, older? yeah, and I think I'm. what happened is that I'm going to turn into a sphere, but then I'll have a knife that will eject from the front of me like phantasm. I mean, I feel like at so the I'm times— So I'm going to be the ball. The times in your, the times in your life mm-hmm. uh, when you have been most and least mm-hmm. fit— mm-hmm. You have looked almost exactly the same. Sure, yeah. If you were wearing like at least even moderately bulky clothing, mm-hmm. and that's not to say—I mean, you always looked like 
normal. Medium? Sure. Medium man. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, and I think that, uh, uh, I think that that, you should consider that to be a superpower. Sure. Allow yourself to bloat and just enjoy <laughs> the fact that no one can tell as long as your clothes are on. <laughs> sure, yeah. I do plan on being nude more, though. So I think that mm. my transition into nude modeling, although I mean, maybe the... What, like in art classes or... Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. In art classes, art films. Or like freelance freestyle. Yeah, I mean everything. Like walking yeah, down do the you, street. Just whatever. Anybody an artist? Community. Yeah. Anybody want to photograph me and give me some money? <laughs> I'm a sphere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it could... You know... I feel it, like you could make a strong case if you were a sphere to just not need clothes legally. Like, I think you could get some kind of special If you were spherical? Yeah. yeah. What if you were cubicle? I, same thing. I feel like if you could Dan. suddenly turn the human shape in a... Conical? Hmm. That's a little offensive. Cylindrical? No, you're nah, right. now you're getting in. Okay. That's just offensive. Sorry. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Hey everybody, I'm Justin McElroy, the host of My Brother, My Brother and Me. I'm Travis McElroy, another host of My Brother, My Brother and Me. And I'm Griffin McElroy, the host. Are you anywhere near Huntington, West Virginia? Probably not. But if you are, or will be, on December 21st, you should come out and see us. We're doing our family comedy podcast, Hoot Nanny, called Candle Nights. It's our second year, and we think it's just going to be great. Come join us. Come have a sip of the eggnog. Have a sip of whatever holiday beverage you want, because this Candle Nights, baby, is a pan-religious, pan-sexual, personal pan-holiday. Tickets are available at bit.ly forward slash Candle Nights 2. We hope to see you there, and we hope to not curse. That's the plan, at least. Bring your babies. Bring your aunt. Bring whoever. Bring the meter maid. It's Candle Nights, baby. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Dan Telfer, reclusive insect. Hey. <laughs> Good. Like a trapdoor spider? Yeah, you got it, buddy. Oh, boy. They'll grab you. I, I want to I take, Ant-Lion. Yeah. I, I take yeah. this opportunity to mention a couple of things, if I might. Mm-hmm, sure. Uh, number one, mm-hmm. Max Fun Con tickets just went on sale. Great. Uh, they're selling like hotcakes. So if you want to go to Max Fun Con, go to maxfuncon.com to get your tickets. Always a blast. June 10th through 12th, I mm-hmm. think it is, uh, in 2016. Don't quote me on that. Look at the website, but uh, that's from memory. Uh, but usually those tickets sell out around Christmas time. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you want to go, get them now. Uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, I'd have this uh, menswear blog called Put This mm-hmm. On. You know this, Jordan. Do you know? Did you know this? I'm aware of this. Dan, yeah. So I had this whole menswear empire. Mm-hmm. I'm not bragging. It's just sure. reality. You know, I try, <laughs> sure. and, I try and live in You call reality. a spade a spade. You call an empire an empire. Exactly. So I got this whole menswear, menswear empire. If you are looking for a gift for a gentleman mm-hmm. in your life, uh, go to putthisonshop.com, uh, which is our store. We have not only – we've always had pocket squares and a pocket square subscription service, both of which make wonderful gifts. Uh, we also have some beautiful scarves. Uh, and a ton of amazing vintage knickknacks and doodads. Oh. Um, elegant ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, the bad news is the foot-tall chrome 1960s salesman has been sold. 
That's a shame. Scott Simpson bought that. Oh, well, there you Scott go. Scott Simpson from You Look Nice Today bought that. But um, uh, tons of beautiful things. So if there's a guy in your life that needs a gift or if you just want to get something for yourself, put this on shop.com. And I made a Jordan Jesse Go exclusive code. Hey. Full short. Okay. Gets you free shipping on <laughs> anything uh, in the nice. United States. Good so, old short. There you go. It's a lots of beautiful stuff. And mm. oh, oh, oh. And the other thing is we're doing a, we're doing a thing here in the office on December 12th. Me and uh, Jennifer and Christian Duenas, the uh, – uh, the legendary guy who's grandpa's favorite genre mm-hmm. of movie is talking dog movies, uh, are all going to be here in the office, and we're going to have a put this on sale. I've also invited a, a friend from the uh, vintage circuit who, uh, whose clothes I really like. She has really great men's stuff. So December 12th here in Los Angeles, uh, you can find more information about that at putthison.com, but it'll be 10 to 4. It'll be right before we record Jordan Jesse Go, and we'll be in here Moving units, and we will have special in-person-only prices on everything that are less than the standard internet prices. Not more than. Sounds lovely. <laughs> we will be marking everything up. Sure. Jesse, can I actually segue into some fashion uh, advice request from you? You know, I would rather you hoverboard into some <laughs> fashion right. It's a little more now. It's a little more, uh, more current. No, 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 no. That's the sound it makes. Uh-huh. Um... It is 2015, the year of the mm-hmm. hoverboard. I, I should have thought of that first. Hey, what? I used to wear a lot of clothes by these guys, the the Penguin Munsingwear people. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Are you a fan of them? That is a made up thing. Well, I mean, I think they're perfectly fine. It's one of those sure. things. Where it's one of those companies that uh, uh, went out of business and then just licensed its brand yeah. all over everywhere. Well, but they so- still had like a collection every year. Yeah, and I found they were quite delightful, affordable, even collections, right up until like two thousand nine, ten ish, and then they kind of got more mainstreamy, kind of dull, kind of blue, and and like when I mean blue, I mean literally blue, like Gap blue, like everything. <laughs> Do you like the fun blue. colors? <clears throat> I love the fun colors. I'm an autumn color kind of guy. Sure. Where, where can I go for such things? Another thing I liked was they actually had clothing in my size. I'm, an, I'm like you. I'm a very tall gentleman. Mm. Where, where, where do I go for like a nice blazer with some piping that costs, you know, like less than a thousand dollars? Like where, where do I go for like like a nice a nice button down short sleeve shirt that's a fun pattern and just not hot garbage? <laughs> where, hmm. where do I go for these things, Jesse? I used to be a gentleman, but I don't know where to turn anymore. You think maybe the penguin people have a have a, some sort of bunker you could raid? It's tempting. Oh man, I've bought stuff off of Amazon.com that's mm-hmm. like five year old <laughs> sure. penguin clothes. How, t- how tall? How tall are you? I'm Dan? six foot five when I'm not slouchy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you pretty much always wear a tall size, right? Pretty much. However, in some cases, not needed. Okay. Well, I, sometimes tall just means baggy. Uh, you know, uh. This is like the the simplest thing in the world. But LL Bean and Lands End both have tall sizes in pretty sure. much everything. I know they both these have places. huge, expansive ranges of things that include a lot of fun things, I and mean, they're not going to be like fully goofy. Well, where can, where's a cut above those places? I need I know these places. These places have been around. Well, since I, I was mean, in high school. I think it depends on What's what tr- your give me a trendy so, vibe. Hmm? Okay. Um, but I mean, for a trendy maybe, vibe. Maybe feel like I you're think trying it to may impress be, me Dan, on a date. May, I think it may be. It may be that the uh, trend that you're interested oh, in I, surfing here is a trend from 2006. I know, but what's the 2016 <laughs> version of that 2006 trend? You might bro. be able to find something at Bonobos if you looked in there. Um, 
A little bit, yeah. I mean, I think the the reason I say the reason I say LL Bean, especially I like LL Bean's signature, which is sort of their oh, yeah. slightly fashionier okay. line. Okay, and uh, I, like, I like that has, I'm not being talked down to. Now. Lands End has a similar brand called Lands End Canvas. Um, both of them, what I like about them is a very high quality clothing for the price, um, especially Lands End, um, and they have t- tall sizes and everything. All right. Um, and that's, uh, that's two things, that's two things that are probably worth looking at, but that kind of, yeah, I mean, I'm just talking about a little bit of sauce. I know it's outdated. That's so it's why I'm looking for the 2016. Yeah. Give me some time to think about it. Let's talk about Thanksgiving in the meantime. (sighs) Mm -hmm. Jordan, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was nice. Uh, family's down in Orange County. It's not a, not a far drive for me. Uh, Plus, you're you're already going to that glow in the dark store at the Irvine Spectrum. I mean, I'm down. There. I mean, you got to be there for their for their doorbusters. <laughs> I've, been meaning, I've been meaning to compliment you on your frosted tips too. Oh, thanks. No, it's nice. I mean, I got a guy down there, Chet. Yeah, and uh, you know, every he actually you know, does it in the back of his lifted pickup truck. Yeah, Dan. it's really really nice. I mean, his storefront got closed down unfortunately uh-huh. um, when uh, Chronic Tacos moved in. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you know, he's mobile now, which is I think uh, you know kind of the business model of the future. And you just send him a text, and he uh, he rolls the F one fifty right up to where you are. Frost the tips in the back. Yeah, high fives you. Sucks your dick and he's on his way. <laughs> Good old Chet. Yeah. Give me a call. Give me a call. Yeah. Give me a call next time you're in Huntington Beach. Sure. Uh, it was nice, but I, I I have something that happened last year that happened again this year uh, that I think will. It seems like it will become a tradition. Uh, is having to having to explain something from Facebook to my mom. Oh, like yeah. that I put onto Facebook. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Uh, I think uh, you know I. Uh, I use my so my my Twitter account pushes to Facebook, and I usually use Twitter to make a little joke, uh, and you know to promote the podcast and stuff. But I think usually what's on there, other than you know podcast promotion and show promotion, is just little Not jokes to be that taken I, literally. You're one jokes. of the most you're one of the most disciplined tweeters I know. In that you really don't ever post a thought on Twitter. Sure, yeah, it's, just to, it's, right. It's we're talking ninety five percent jokes, five percent links to the latest episode of Jordan Jesse. And yeah, and I think that's I think that's how I like it. I feel like that's you know I think that's that's how most people probably want to receive their Twitter from a comedian. Yeah, it feels good to me. I feel yeah, I feel like I don't you know uh, I don't think anybody's interested in hearing what I think about Benghazi. Uh, mainly because I don't know what's it. I'm so I'm actually I so I want to bring up the tweet. That uh, that I had to Benghazi. Who's he? (laughs) He. I don't know. (laughs) Uh, I want to bring up the. I should have prepared for this. I want to bring up the tweet that I had to explain. Uh, So actually, while I'm bringing it up, can you guys vamp a little bit? Sure. Well, I've certainly had similar things happen to me that I think has happened to Jordan, where I've I've told a joke and my my parents took it very literally. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll often joke about like, oh, like my my daughter just punched me in the nuts. <laughs> Maybe that happened three months ago, right? But I but I just thought of a joke. You're looking about what how it's to like. phrase it, how to yeah. The and finally, phrasing. the joke hits me, and I'm like, I don't need to be literal and honest. But then I will get like texts from my parents saying, "Oh my God, are you okay?" It's like no, the the joke was I got you know like uppercutted Ryu style in, <laughs> in the testicles by a, a three foot tall person, and my parents are like, okay, but did it hurt? Like wait, I'm like I don't want to tell a story about being punched in the testicles. I want to tell a joke about being punched in the testicles. Yeah, and I think I think just something that's interesting is that that our mom's Facebook accounts are 
are probably just filled with so much earnestness. Yeah. Yes. They want to keep in touch with their family and their friends, and they don't understand that for perhaps a younger generation, we see that this may not last much longer, this whole social media. My mom's account, I would say, is like primarily like a a picture of Cesar Chavez in which he looks handsome. Mm -hmm. It doesn't say Cesar Chavez look handsome (laughs) in this picture. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm sure my mom's is only uh, babies, grand- grandchildren <laughs> of people that she knows. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe some, like, inspirational stuff. Maybe, yeah. uh, you know, a, a – I, a I fo- can't even – fo- What are those knit things people put up? They, like, knit a little circle? What are those things? Like oh, circles? I don't know. It's I don't think like, I've seen these. It's got like a little like a saying in it, like "Hey, for every penny you save, an angel high fives a dinosaur," like or some kind of like, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I do not. It's like moms hang them up on their wall. A little embroidery. Embroidery, yeah, okay. like an embro- embroidery loop or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so Jordan, so I the wanna... one I had to the one I had to explain last year was, was was this at the dinner table? This was at the dinner table, and this was brought up in a tone like. Hey, I just wanted to add. Like it was like uh, you're gay, aren't you? Like that was the tone. It started out like just admit there? to us. That, your mo- your mom, your sister, your sister's husband. Yeah, uh, your uh, mom's husband. Yeah, was your your mom's husband has kids, right? Uh, he does have kids. So yeah, so his daughter was there, her husband, and their two young kids. So it's a, it's a full it's a compliment. Packed. Yeah, this is packed. So uh, last year it was something about how. If, like, your stepdad won't let you vape at the Thanksgiving table, just say, fuck it, and eat in your car. (laughs) And then I had to explain that I was not not actually mad at my stepdad. (laughs) And I had no interest in vaping. But but it's a complicated thing. (laughs) Like, like what if if it wasn't true, but also you were interested in vaping? Yeah, right. Yeah, now. It took a huge drag. (laughs) But, yeah, that's such a hard thing to, to explain. Like, okay, well. I'm not me in that situation. I'm right. some other guy. Yeah. Uh, and he is saying this, and he yeah. is funny. Yeah. But I know I didn't indicate that that wasn't me. I know there's a picture of me and then that text. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and so this... you're essentially, you are having to explain semiotics to your <laughs> Sure. Uh, this one is actually in that same genre. The one that got them worried this year was. Um... I'm hoping it's the one I, that I, I retweeted. Oh, uh, I'm looking at the fave star, and I do not see a Dan Telfer retweet here. Could have used it. This was not a very popular tweet. Okay. Um, and I'm not blaming you, and I thank you for you all of what? your You know what? The one I retweeted did okay. Okay. So thank I you. I feel like I did something. I appreciate sometimes that. I miss. Sometimes I miss your tweets, and I feel guilty about it. No. Well, you know, you, know, you just got to sit down on a, on a Sunday afternoon after you get done with the New York Times crossword puzzle. Uh-huh. Pour yourself another cup of coffee. Uh-huh. Go to twitter.com slash Jordan underscore Morris, and just... just you know, just peruse. Make can it, I tell you? Make it part of your weekend. Can I tell you that Barney Frank backstage at the Boston mm-hmm. show in the Boston Bullseye show, former congressman Barney Frank, mm-hmm. uh, came in, uh, just grumbled at everyone because he uh, was there early, but uh, he wasn't about to go on stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was pretty annoyed and grumbled at uh, Julia, sat down in the dressing room uh, next to the band uh, Mission of Burma. Mm-hmm. And uh, just didn't talk to anyone and did an entire New York Times crossword puzzle in like the 15 minutes until the show started. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> then walked up and was the most charming man in the world uh, as soon as he hit the stage. Hey, awesome. you know, maybe that, maybe that that kind of mental time with the crossword puzzle helps you, uh, helps you just get in the zone. Just left that crossword puzzle behind. Nice. You should frame it. Yeah, I should. I bet there's like, I bet there's a lot of frank heads on the internet who would like to have that. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, so this is the one. The same, same similar genre too, I'm noticing. 
the entire this is the tweet. The entire expression is actually not all who wander are lost and not all who don't pay you back on time are automatically losers, dad. <laughs> uh, so, you know, medium popular tweet, but I that I think it really rung a bell because uh my dad is the like villain of our family, like the most hated guy in the family. Uh so I think they were really concerned that I was taking money from him and being patronizing about it on the internet anyway so it was a very hard thing to explain like no like i'm not i'm doing fine i don't need money i'm the people who read this are not intimately familiar yeah they don't know yeah like they don't know it's just like i'm making a joke about people who like that expression about how it gives you license to be irresponsible i don't know it was such a it was such a hard thing to do and i don't know if i did it Effectively, how deep into how deep into? I know I'm really interested in the mechanics of this. Sure, but did, was it your mother that said something? It was, yeah. But she, but other family, the, but the rest of the family backed her up, and that they also wanted to know uh, what was happening. <laughs> uh, the hardest part is it's just like you want to be like, so none of you use Twitter. Yeah, I think so. I think wh- where everyone is seeing it is that it's pushed Facebook. to Facebook, the, yeah. the land of of possible sincerity. Yeah, exactly. The land of yes, the land of uh, of all the feels. Um, so yeah, and I, it was it's a it's a tough thing to have to do, and it 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 uh, I don't know, and I wonder if I should for well for should what I don't oh I don't know just just police myself a little bit more because I don't want to upset. Well, oh, here's what I want to know: Did sure. you did you for context bring up this tweet? Okay. Uh, I thought the Macy's parade was family friendly. Weird to hear the announcers describe SpongeBob as a quote tight shaved no drama fuckboy. <laughs> that, right? that did because not come up. I, w- sure. I think it would have backed you up a Thank little you. bit. I think it would have put things in a context. I think they would have understood. Oh, so I just read more tweets. I yes. that have more bad language. Allow in them. me to continue to describe to you what sure. happens. With yeah. my social media. Here's another go. And thank you for your support on that tweet, Dan. I, really I you know what? I enjoyed that. I tweet. Think it was, Facebook know, is a really good place for weird drama to start. Totally. Based on a joke you made on Twitter that got automatically posted on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have I have a sort of like like an uncleish figure in my life who's mm-hmm. a very close friend of my dad's named Bob mm-hmm. from when I was a little kid. In fact, I think he lived at our house for a while. All of my dad's close friends lived at our house for a while. I think because my dad was one of the only ones of his close friends who had a place to live. <laughs> consistently uh that's what happens when your dad and all his friends are crazy vets that's the thing that brings them all together but anyway uh bob was like bob i i have great love in my heart for bob he's a wonderful wonderful guy uh and we're facebook friends now Mm -hmm. and bob is uh, uh, bob's been you know uh, bob's been uh on the straight and narrow path for a long time and he's and he's a very genial guy uh but if i make if I make a joke about something political or something like that, mm-hmm. Bob will just post just an angry thing in all capital letters that's like three <laughs> sentences long. And he's not like, uh, uh, you know, he's not like racist or anything. For mm-hmm. one thing, he's African-American. Sure. So he's not racist against uh, African-Americans, which is one thing you're going to be concerned about sure. with a crazy old friend of your dad's mm-hmm. who has an uncle-like figure. Um, but he posts things that are so intense responding mm-hmm. to my jokes. And I'm like, I don't know whether it would be weird because like my Facebook, 
very little of my Facebook is for people that I actually know. Sure. Like at some point I gave up yeah, on – Yeah, I did I, the same thing. I had to st- – You I, get so many requests from people. You're like, oh, they they want to know me. They want to see what I'm posting. And you're like, well, I'm just going to – And I had to but stop because I, I filled is... up with that. But like still like most people who are seeing my things are not people that are my like real life friends. They might sure. be someone that I've met at Max FunCon or something like that. Like, people that sure. I'm acquainted with. But yeah, like uh, I don't know what they make of Bob's post on my Facebook. Mm, sure, it is a it is a touchy thing. What's I, yeah. what's what was his? I mean, I could probably guess, but what is his? What is his general political state? Uh, communist. Okay. Yeah, I would say probably communist, sure. socialist. Anyway, mm-hmm. do you find that you often agree with him, but he's just more. Capsy, capsloxy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Dan, I don't have political opinions because I'm a professional. Uh, uh, I'm a professional journalist for National Public Radio, uh, but I can say that usually when Bob is posting something on my, on my page, uh, it is it is too emphatic in its agreement with my position <laughs> or the voice of a joke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it like turns a joke into a serious political statement. <laughs> you're worried about the like, way. yeah. So like, you're, it's not that you disagree with him. It's just that like, Oh, you're dragging in another vibe. Yeah. Although I will say this the other day, uh, there was, uh, uh, uh the other day there was a horrible tragedy. Sure. Um, there often a is domestic yeah. a domestic terrorist incident here in the United States. Sure I posted on Twitter uh, something about how had they figured out uh, what kind of refugee it was mm-hmm. that had committed this, mm-hmm. um, and then I deleted it because I thought I don't. You know, on the one hand, it re- this whole thing about re- not letting refugees in really upsets me deeply sure. at my core. On the other hand, it was barely a joke. And it was really angry, and I didn't need to post it in the immediate aftermath. But it had already gone through to Twitter, mm-hmm. and my mom posted a comment uh, on it on on, tw- on Twitter on on Facebook. Okay, oh, gotcha. on Facebook, gotcha. Uh, my mom posted a comment on yeah, it. Yeah, because some. Facebook. I mean, that's also a problem with the with the pushing of things. Is that it's already you, on another platform, right? If you want to get rid of something or you know whatever, you, you deleting it from one, you have to remember to go back and do it on the other one too. Yeah, and Facebook makes it much harder to go in and delete because you've actually got to kind of search to your own profile and dig for a second sometimes. <laughs> yeah, find Facebook your own. sucks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so someone, <laughs> yeah. someone had written someone had written on a comment on Facebook that. It, that extended the premise and then mm-hmm. someone else got angry at them and then mm-hmm. someone else said I think that uh, first person was joking Jesus, and then sounds fun <laughs> yeah so it was it was pretty intense oh, and Jesse. I was like I was like this is a mess but then my mom uh, then my mom posted on it and she said yeah and probably Muslim like Obama and I was like my mom gets hey, it hey alright my mom Your gets mo- it you know what good work if mom if Jesse's mom understands the spirit of this thing yeah uh, Dan you have a whole you have a stand-up comedy career. I bet this is it's. There's more stuff for family to misinterpret with that, right? Yeah. Oh, and there's been a few moments where I've had people in my family say, "I've had to block you on Facebook," not because they need to block me, but sure. because they don't know how to unfriend me or unfollow uh, sure. me. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I had to block you mm-hmm. uh, because I'll make a joke that includes, say, the word Aspergers. Sure. Not because I am making fun of people with Aspergers, sure. but I'm say compare. I'm comparing an attitude. Towards a thing, sure. as if that thing, that inanimate object, has 
as burgers. Like, sure. like in a completely abstract way, but then my right. relative will You're be obviously like, talking about a very specific <laughs> joke. Well, yeah, but this sort of thing this has is happened a whole, to me this is a chunk. This is a chunk Dan has. But, they, but, but I have lots of these chunks. Like, sure. that is an example that's happened to me, sure, like dozens mm-hmm. of times. My family will just be like, I can't believe... Because as you may or may not know, I sometimes am very politically aggressive. Sure. So... Uh, yeah, like I, I've, I've definitely had to, to do it, and I've developed. I don't tell me if you guys think this is good or okay. if this is just lazy. Okay, because here's my current approach to it. Mm-hmm. First of all, I used to do the Twitter push to Facebook. I mm-hmm. stopped that a couple of years ago. Sure. Now what I do is, Twitter. You get away with it 99 percent of the time. If mm-hmm. my family reads something on Twitter and takes it seriously, I literally can just respond and just say it was Twitter. Remember? Sure. Remember Twitter? Yeah, Remember yeah. Remember what yeah. that is? Right. But if they do it on Facebook, my new thing is about every third status update, I just make sure to mention how much I hate Facebook. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> is that helping? Yeah. You think? Is that good? I also, but you know, like I have a lot of things where I don't post any pictures of my children on social media. I oh, try to make it clear, like even on Facebook, like this is barely sincere. Like sure. sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll be like, hey, my wife is looking to buy a camera. Does anyone have advice? Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll make sure to load it with enough jokes where people don't think, "Oh, Dan's this weird." Yeah, He's that Facebook serious sometimes. Those Facebook secret modes. So, like, occasionally I want to post pictures of my children mm-hmm. and not share them with people that I don't know. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not worried about it. Sure, but I'm like, this is more of a thing for friends and family. I know. You it, know it what I, mean? I do it is, a zero. I, so, I have a yeah. zero to zero. Post. It is. It is I weird when there's like a picture of. You know, me at a wedding or a picture of me and my family at Thanksgiving and like, you know, I'm looking at it and I'm looking at the comments and feeling nice about it. And then there's something from like a guy I had a UCB class with. And it's just like, eh, I don't I don't right. know. This is a this is weird. Yeah, so I, I went through all my shit. Mm-hmm. The whole all my friends I think I've done. And I, I took out I put to acquaintance mm-hmm. all the people that Good I don't really you. know, you know. Sure. Which took a long time because, you know, I have the whatever, the number of people that you're allowed to have, 4,000 or something yeah, like 5, that. Yeah, 5,000 is the max. I'm, yeah. I'm hovering around 3,000 right now. So I went through everybody and I moved the people that I don't know, that I'm not friends with in real life to acquaintance, which mm-hmm. I'm glad to have them read because most of my stuff is for the public. And you make it for acquaintance. But the tricky thing is as soon as, like, someone else is tagged or someone else yep. likes it, like, everyone they know can see it. Sure. <laughs> like, it all of a sudden reverts to being yeah. public. So it's, like, mm-hmm. totally useless. Yeah, and just in general, that whole Facebook thing of, like, oh, you know, my friend Melissa liked an incredibly personal thing her friend posted, and I don't know my friend Melissa's friend. I now have in my timeline. Yeah, you have to see a Melissa's stranger's announcement thing about they have their dead dog. Yeah, yeah like, sure. like, yeah. So this complete stranger's dead dog announcement is just mm-hmm. at the top of my timeline because Melissa liked it. I like, would say that the main <sighs> the, first of all, why do you like a dead dog announcement, Melissa? Sure. The main thing that uh, Facebook is good for uh, right now is uh, just the "Can I pet your dog?" Facebook group mm. uh, just pumps dog pics into my timeline. Just boom, boom, pumps boom, boom, them in boom, there. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> oh man, I'm talking about scruffers. I'm talking about fluffers. I'm talking about biggins. I'm <laughs> talking kinds. about little All ones. kinds. I wonder if that would help my Facebook experience if I joined one group that I enjoyed. Yeah, I'm in like ten like like L.A. area you know comedy jobs or like yeah, L.A. Yeah. underground comedy five five like bullshit I think yeah, groups. just find. I mean, I don't know what you're. 
jam is. I don't know if it's you know there's a particular animal. If it that's what I got. I got pictures of galaxies. Uh, salacious crumb as Jedi uh, fan group. <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yes. A fan group <laughs> explaining why Salacious Crumb was really a Jedi. You gotta get. You gotta be real careful with those Facebook groups. Mm-hmm. Teresa has this Facebook group. My wife Teresa uh, for uh, her podcast, One Bad Mother, and. I I had to check out of it because it got so real. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing. Like people in there are yeah. so supportive and so wonderful and uh so lovely to each other in extraordinary ways like almost no other community I've ever been part of on the internet. Yeah. But it gets heavy, bro. It's like whoa, shit. Like mm-hmm. this is a real real life problem. I don't think I can help with this. I don't have enough helping inside of me. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Been getting some uh, some real maudlin posts over at the Nerd Poker Facebook group since we had our last episode this mm. last week. A lot this of is your uh, your uh, your Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Multiple you did people with, have uh, Blaine Patch, uh, Blaine Patch, Brian Pasane, Ken Daly, mm-hmm. uh, and Steve Agee in our last iteration. But uh, yeah, you know. Uh, I've only been in it for the last year. It's been mm-hmm. around for like three and a half years or something. And people, multiple people quit drinking because of this Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Wow. Multiple wow. people. Did you guys have a sobriety message in it? No. In <laughs> fact, I was the only one who wasn't getting high most of the episodes. <laughs> so like, yeah. You say- people think I quit drinking and started smoking more pot. I used my I mean, booze money to buy pot. Would you say that yeah. people quit drinking because they saw what the real bottom was <laughs> when they listened to your show? Sure. It's entirely you might possible. end up with... Dungeons and Dragons, but yeah, but people you'll be are... surprised by the sincerity in any context. Will just start to show up. Yeah, uh, but it, but I also appreciate Facebook more having started to dip my toe more into Reddit, which is I think sort of the anti Facebook. Sure, yeah. We yeah. have a really wonderful, uh, we have a really wonderful Reddit group, uh, but I have to figure out how to engage Reddit people. I'm not good at it. I had people like, like. Uh, saying really nice things about me on Reddit and I would pop in and just be like, oh, thanks so much. And they'd be like, hey, as long as you're here, here's some really critical, yeah. insulting <laughs> uh, advice. Yep. And then yep. My, when my, and I would, tr- and my bad comedian instinct is, well, I'll be a little snarky yeah, sure. to just show off how they're. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> Right, and then they're like, you know, you are the biggest fucking asshole for being snarky when all I did was give you constructive criticism. I'm like, where am I it's right Reddit's, now? It's Reddit's innate... <laughs> innate like need to be a little detective uh-huh. to be a little detective <laughs> like they and to and to play into that internet tone that I think is mainly meant to be funny but often will tip over into shut the fuck up the uh you're doing it wrong yeah pancakes you're doing them wrong <laughs> tie in your shoes you're doing it wrong it's that thing of like okay i get where that is fun but also shut the fuck up stop i i will say this shut the fuck up i enjoy using reddit Mm -hmm. sure uh there's several fun places on reddit yeah a lot there's a lot of fun to be had on reddit and i recently visited the headquarters of reddit 
and <laughs> don't even say please it don't dox me. Don't say and it had yeah. a very nice meeting with yeah. one of the founders of Reddit. Sure. So I'm I'm not here to say bad things no. about Reddit. Uh, the However, fellow from uh, Reddit came on at midnight a couple times and always really nice and yeah. And, so and, it is not a. And obviously, like, the, the instigator for this conversation was I have to learn how to use Reddit. Sure. I literally don't know how to react. To I Reddit. will say that it is one of the world's epicenters of mansplanation. <laughs> sure, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it is Ugh. definitely a place for people to tell you something they know. Ugh. Mm-hmm. And men doing it. Yeah. Men. Hey, yeah, you bet it's dudes. Fucking dudes. Those guys. are dudes. You know, our friend uh, 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 our friend Winter Mitchell, one of the co-hosts mm-hmm. of Pop Rocket, recently took a job at Reddit, and uh, she got bitten by that. Uh, uh, she got bitten in the rear there for a minute by the uh, by the angry Redditors. Mm. Yeah. A lot of... A lot of racism and sexism went her way. Oh my! But uh, she figured out how to. She figured sure. out how to steer I mean, I, the ship. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing to do is that it is so vast. It is a vast thing, and to just find the zone that you like. That and you know you'll get some you'll get some creepers. I mean, our 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 Max Fun Reddit is ninety nine point nine 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 percent sweet funny awesome people who love the shows but then uh then then a an a rogue agent will slip in every now and then and and tell us you're doing it wrong um so you know but so yeah i think it's uh i really like r slash obscure media that's a fun place to hang out and look at um like a super nintendo commercial from 1989 or like some, you know, like a public access workout video from the late 70s. Yeah, and there's really carefully uh, curated pornography on Reddit. There, yeah, sure. <laughs> Which and if you, you know. often, if those antagonists start going after you on Reddit, you'll find that is where they spend most of their time. In their <laughs> That's comment history they, yeah. is in their carefully curated pornography yeah. subreddits. Yeah, and just a big shout out to uh, all the ladies ever at Gone Wild Curvy. <laughs> you ladies are you ladies are doing God's work. Thank you for going wild. Self submissions only. Yeah, submissions only. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I uh, I really like uh, Normal Day in Russia. I actually had a, oh, sure. I had a game on at midnight that oh, I, yeah, I pitched yeah. for this. It's just it's all it's all just camera footage from Russia of just the intense bleak uh, <laughs> landscape that is Russia, but mm-hmm. the fun being had sort of within it. Some of it's crazy. Like a lot some, of parkour. A lot of parkour. Yeah, people jumping off of roofs because they know there's three feet of snow. That'll it'll be fine. So they'll jump they off. They suspect there's three feet of snow. <laughs> well, no. Like sometimes it'll be like ten yeah. feet of snow, and you'll just see them mm-hmm. jump off a six-story building and be like, "Wee!" Holy crap! Yeah, you see a lot of insane car accidents that make no sense. You see sinkholes opening up in highways as they happen. It's it's unbelievable. You see bears running down the street. Mm-hmm. People on bikes running from bears. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty fun. I highly recommend that subreddit. And I think that I think we can all agree as performers, the thing we like most on Reddit is someone coming in. And telling us why we're not more famous. Yeah, explaining to you what sure. you have you done, would just do this what one you would thing do, different. you would be famous. Why aren't you? Do you not want to be? That's always that's always nice too. I've been told a few times that if I would just be on this one TV show, I, I would take care of. My sure. Well, why don't you get problem. on Saturday Night Live, Dan? I know that's the big problem. I yeah. mean, I need to stop uh, auditioning for that show so I can stop being annoyed <laughs> sure. every time someone tells me that. <laughs> Okay, Reddit talk over. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. The 
three of you enter a cave of a big red dragon and is standing over a hoard of precious golden rubies. And he says, what do you do, adventurers? I'm a dragon man. I cast fire on him. It's very good. I address the red dragon to say, us, we're the hosts of The Adventure Zone, a podcast about family playing Dungeons and Dragons. Very good synergy. Commit to the bit. I, I, <laughs> I roll to charm new listeners. It is very effective <laughs> against all odds. Everybody, we're the Macroids. We host the Adventure Zones, a podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons together. It's a comedy podcast. We don't take the rules too seriously because there's a lot of them and we did not take the time to learn them. Maybe listen to us. We come out every other Thursday on the Maximum Fun Network. You can find us on iTunes or on MaximumFun.org. I think this promo is a critical hit. <laughs> It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morse, Boy Detective. Dan Telfer, fourth tier non canonical Star Wars character. What would wait a not fourth tier of the non canonical? Former expanded universe rendered non canonical by the Disney mandate. So, what, wait, and tell me about this. So, there was all these like Star Wars books. I read a few Star Wars. I read books a few in Star Wars school. books. I'm not afraid From to admit Timothy that. Timothy Zahn. Yeah, sure. I played some. We've uh, all Star read a Wars. Zahn. I've, I've played Star from Wars Jabba's Tie Palace. Fighter. Sure, I know about Tie Fighter. Yeah, yeah. Dark Forces. The, a lot chi- of- the Chiss race that uh, birthed Grand Admiral Thrawn, perhaps. Yeah, I mean that's one of the best Thrawns. <laughs> Top two Thrawns. Yeah. Top Thrawn. <laughs> one day I hope to become grand- a Grand Admiral, so I can be Grand Admiral Thorn. <laughs> Now, did you have a question, Jesse? Yes. Uh, fourth tier. I would like to take the floor. <laughs> so are you talking about fourth tier? Yes. Comma, non-canonical, or fourth tier in the non-canonical set? Fourth tier set? in the former canonical set. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're talking about a fourth tier character in a non-canonical text, like one Correct. of the books. Correct. So we're talking about a character that did not bear the brunt of any plot. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a character that did not assist in the plot. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a character that perhaps did not even get any lines. Mm. We're talking about a character mentioned in an expanded universe text that you hoped you would see more of, but ended up not really getting much of Dan, Dan, you're yeah. wearing Star Wars shoes. I what sure char- as fuck am. What mm-hmm. character are you talking about right now? <laughs> Is there one in particular? Again, I feel that you're describing <laughs> something very specific. And- I mean, I could be talking about one of the other Kowakian lizard monkeys that is not Salacious Crumb, but hey, <laughs> Right. Who am I, really? Sure. Okay, let me ask you this question. What's the name of this guy? I had the toy of this guy mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I... He's got a toy. I bet I know who he is, brother. Okay, so it's... if he's got a toy, he's got a name. This is a guy probably from – it's definitely from the first set of Star Wars movies. Do you know which of the three? Uh, no. All right, here we go. Uh, he's got on like a purple space shirt, mm-hmm. uh, like our maroon space shirt. All right. He's sort of little – and he's oh, I bet I know who this is. He's got a kind of a a head that looks great? like a space anteater, a little bit. Okay, maybe like if you cut an anteater's nose off. Yes, I know exactly who this is. What's that? This would be Snaggletooth, sir. Oh uh, yeah, that's what that's the guy had. Where now? Where does he? Where, I don't. Where does he? He's seen in briefly, the Hanna Barbera cartoons. Seen yeah. briefly <laughs> in the Mos Eisley Cantina in Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope, formerly known as Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you see him right before the Greedo Han Solo scene. You see this little mm-hmm. pug-nosed guy hanging out in the background. Now, little known fact, if you were around in the Return of the Jedi era, uh, you could— Thank you, by the- Dan. Before you share this fact with, you- with me, I want to thank you for having a little known fact— 
to share with me about your little about known this little known fact. <laughs> Snaggletooth it's is a short like figure. Okay, every, not everybody knows no. Snaggletooth. Yeah, I, I think I think that the real it's nerds not like out you there. Just, uh, uh, now we're talking about Luke Skywalker here. Sure, yeah. Little known fact. <laughs> and before I continue, I'd like everyone listening to please grab your phone and Google. Snaggletooth Kenner action figure, so you know <laughs> okay. exactly what we're talking about. And, right. and again, I do want to hear this little known fact, but I think I'm any, further, this little any fact. further discussion uh, of this topic, I think this is just a perfect thing to do on Twitter at Ted Cruz, by the way. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so uh, Snaggletooth yeah. is a shorter figure. Yeah. He was about half size. He would okay. come up to the other character's waist. Does mm-hmm. that still sound accurate to you, Jesse? Yeah, that's the guy. That's the guy, right, brother? That's the one. Holy shit. I nailed, nailed it. it. Go tell for Limited edition Snaggletooth in a blue uh, spacesuit. Oh. Yeah, I see that Full one. Full height. You see him? Full height. Yeah. Isn't that weird? You did a mail order for that guy. He mm. was rare, but I had him. Oh. I had him. He's a little more pale. Yeah. Jesse, That's the guy. You... Look at him. Hey, there he is. Do you now? I'm uh, so proud of myself for getting this. I had right. this guy. Man. I don't know if I had his gun. Maybe his gun. Maybe I did have his gun. Well, you know what the weird thing with, uh, and you're a couple years younger than me, so I'm sure you can relate to this. The weird thing with Star Wars action figures where mm-hmm. they were like dirt, like the ground was filthy with Star Wars action figures in the 80s. And often you wanted them all, mm-hmm. but there's so goddamn many of them, you could go to a garage sale and just grab 30 just for a dollar. Grab a handful of Star Wars guys. Uh, many parents, I think, got secondhand Star Wars sure. uh, figures for their children, often not including such accessories. Yeah, I, my, my, all of my Star Wars figures were inherited from my dad's girlfriend Susan's son. <laughs> so it's maybe. also where I got my Wolverine comic book. <laughs> oh, nice. A lot of good yeah. stuff there. Yeah. Wolverine. Do you, I mean, maybe, Jesse, now that you're, you know, you're an adult and, you know, you've got a steady income, you should treat yourself to that full-size snaggletooth. Nah, you know what I'm going to get? Hmm. A bunch of muscles, millions yeah. of unusual small oh, creatures so you're going to get everywhere. the wrestling ring? Oh, God. Every time. I think How I talk about this on break? Judge did John break, Did yours break? Mm-hmm. I didn't have one. Uh, uh, I had one and it broke. My babysitter had the poster that had every single one on it, and that was oh, what I wanted, oh, was yeah. the poster that had every single one on it. And right now, my son is into this thing called Paw Patrol, <laughs> which is this team of emergency rescue dogs <laughs> that talk to each other. It is garbage. Uh, although, to be fair, uh, it is the garbage of... 2015, mm-hmm. when it comes to cartoons that a preschooler might watch, dramatically better than the garbage oh, yeah. of 1985 uh, when I was a preschooler. What is Paw Patrol on? Uh, Paw Patrol, I think, is on Nickelodeon. All right. I think so. It's not particularly educational. I found the most garbagey shows on your Nickelodeons and your Disney XDs and stuff are still light years ahead of the garbage you'll find on Netflix for children. Yes, mm. that's there true. There is stuff on Netflix for kids that is what used to be... Not only straight-to-video garbage, but straight-to-video garbage that maybe had two VHS copies released, and mm. then like <laughs> they were immediately burned. Like like stuff you would think would never like a tenth sequel to yeah. Land Before Time. Netflix or something buys like that. this shit like yeah. it's not. You'll find kids shows on there, you're, and your child will see it on the menu and say, "Oh, can I watch that show where where those those two uh, uh, red pandas are 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 smiling at each other and you'll be like, oh sure. And then you put it on and it is the jankiest animation. Like the polygons are running through each other. <laughs> the plot is about is cake real? We don't know. <laughs> Let's feel sad about cake until one sure. appears and you're just like what what country is this from? Yeah. yeah. Thomas the tank engine looks like a pile of garbage now. <laughs> if you're wondering about that, that's a pile of garbage. I don't like the CGI Thomas. It's I, when really he, when, crappy. When he looking. was a real model, I would suspend my disbelief far more than for CGI. I mean Thomas. not that real model Thomas the Tank Engine is fucking Shakespeare. You know what I mean? 
That's no, basically but... just a list of things you can buy. But uh, yeah, this Paw Patrol, and I recognize it. I recognize in my son this quality that I have basically tried to lose my entire life, which is getting everyone. And uh, it is. He wants every Paw Patrol. Yeah, and it means nothing to my mm-hmm. wife. Teresa couldn't does not understand it at all. And I just had to explain, like, I used to pick things up off the street and save them. I used to want every single one of everything, particularly muscles, millions mm-hmm. of unusual small creatures lurking everywhere. But baseball cards, garbage pail kids, comic book cards, mm-hmm. um, uh, comic books. I, uh, I used to love Alf as a kid. <laughs> yeah, sure. Who didn't? And by the way, cartoon far superior to the live action mm. show that started it all. Well, that's yeah. Um, well, that's uh, before he came to Earth. That's they all takes place on Melmac, right? Yeah, and okay. I like it. Was very surreal, mm-hmm. very uh, much more sort of dark adult humor. But I was a kid when I watched. I was like seven or eight, sure. and I still just liked that there was a weird alien house. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, I can understand how you would be into Alf. I think a lot of young kids are into Alf. Mm-hmm. I can relate honestly because. Uh, you know, you were into Alf and Mel Mac, and I was into mid-century dishware, Mel Mac, <laughs> specifically. <laughs> Fire King. I also mm-hmm. was really into Fire King. I collected the cards for Alf. Yeah. And in each pack was one Boolia baseball card. <laughs> so these had it, like, pick, most of the cards are photos from the sitcom, mm-hmm. and then one card was a cartoony drawing of a baseball player from Alf's home planet with their Boolia baseball facts, which included a lot of fish gut jokes because <laughs> uh-huh. they would hit just fish guts with a bat. And it was mm-hmm. fucking hilarious to me. Sure. I wanted all those Boolia baseball cards so bad. But there was like 7,000 Alf cards and like 50 Boolia baseball. And so you would get the same Boolia baseball card in yeah. every – you wanted all 50. And I remember like the cards had sort of fallen out of circulation – Stop showing up in all the hobby shops where mm-hmm. I would buy the off cards. And I just remember turning to my parents one day and breaking down and saying, I have to. Oh, I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't get all these blue baseball cards. And my dad put an ad in the paper asking if anyone had these blue oh, baseball cards. Dad. I wish I still had the like, oh, clipping of it. But so like sweet. he put like an ad in the paper. And and I just think that is beyond adorable. Because imagine even seeing that on Craigslist. Like, sure, yeah. My son... <laughs> Really needs, needs bullion. Yeah. And he like speci- was very specific. I'm not talking about the sitcom photo cards that are in most packs. These I'm are the cartoon. The more rare. From the fake sport. Did it work? No. No yeah. one responded. And it's, again, imagine a pre-internet sure. age where like you're in the Joliet, Illinois newspaper. I know exactly you what you're see... talking about. I remember trying to buy Atari Lynx games for my Atari Lynx. Oh, sure, yeah. It was the same thing before the internet. Pre-Funko Land. Trying to figure mm. out where the fuck you could get those Atari <laughs> Lynx things. <laughs> Jesus Christ, just playing clacks all day. <laughs> you can, you can, I can't play any more clacks. I know, even though this has this amazing stereophonic sound. Oh, man, there was a great great era there from like 90 to 95 too, where there were all these video game consoles that were decent but died out like within a year. Yeah, like the yeah. fucking uh, Neo Geo. Sure. Where I think that system costs like $1,700. Neo Geo, very expensive. Uh, TurboGrafx-16, which I liked <clears throat> very much and actually hung in there for a while, but only like desperately yeah, it's, it's had strange. a game yeah, you I guess, remember. I guess, well, I don't know. I was going to say, I guess Virtual it's been Boy. a while since we've we've had failed consoles. I guess Nintendo's having a little bit of a rough run of it with theirs these days. But, but still, they've got these games but yeah, coming com- out right. where you're com- like... Compared to us as kids, it feels like there were... It was a more crowded market. That yeah, more room for your, failure. Your Jaguar, your you, Jaguar. Right, you sure. knew a kid who had a Jaguar, absolutely, and, and would come to school. Yeah, hey, is 
One of you want to come over and play Jaguar? <laughs> Please, yeah. My friend, Please come play Jaguar. Uh, my friend Matt Dobbs from college, who Jordan also knew, actually was the original co-host of The Sound of Young America, but only the first week. Mm-hmm. And then he got a class he couldn't skip. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Matt Dobbs brought his TurboGrafx-16 to college in prime TurboGrafx-16 reminiscing mm-hmm. period, you know, whenever no one could stop playing uh, uh, what was that? Goldeneye. No one wanted oh, to stop playing sure, Goldeneye. Yeah. You Holy know? shit, that was everybody's a good game. playing. But uh, uh, he couldn't get anyone to play Turbo Graphics. He's like, remember Bonk's Adventure? <laughs> and nobody's like, everyone's like, yeah, we didn't have one. No, yeah, no, only you are nostalgic uh, for the Turbo Graphics. I like Bonk's 16. Adventure. Mm-hmm. My brother had one, and he wouldn't let most of the rest of uh, us other brothers play it very much. <laughs> But uh, Bonks was good, and then there was Zonk. I don't know if you oh, are sure. familiar with Zonk, yes? Oh, he's Bonk's uh, friend from the future. Yeah. I don't know, friend, relative. What was the story? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to go to the Bonk wiki to... <laughs> There's got to be one. Guys, uh, direct all your comments about yeah. Bonk's adventure. Bonk and Zonk, to... how they're related. At Ted Cruz. At Ted Cruz. And we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Dan Telfer, over-the-counter sexual enhancement vitamin. <clears throat> when something happens, when something momentous happens to you, let's say the president thickens your member, we want you to call mm-hmm. us at 206-984-4FUN and share your momentous occasion with us. I've called it. It was a long time ago. Did you get on the air? No, no. It's a long time. We're talking like 2008 or something. Oh, you wow. called in and did not get on the air? Yeah. What was your momentous occasion? I was driving uh, from a stand-up gig in uh, Chicago to one on the Upper Peninsula in Michigan, and my car started getting stuck in the snow in this long stretch of like 10 miles of country road. Yeah, I'm in the already of the bored. This is a really boring one. No, I go ahead. I bet one. it ends up. He was setting the stage, Jesse. So my car's almost stuck. Super setting the snow. stage for a boring play, I have a, No, I think this is... I have a stand-up gig. going somewhere. I have a stand-up gig in like in like five hours, and I've got like six hours of road ahead of me. And all of a sudden, I just see like like two feet from my window because the snow is so high, what looks like a marmot and like a <laughs> giant raven fighting to the death. Yeah. And like my car can't move, and they're just fucking tearing at each other. Wow. And I had to like watch it as I was like pushing my car alone. Couldn't, yeah. <laughs> like they would, they wouldn't let up. <laughs> you did not want to see it. No, no, no. It was too but terrible. nature was uh, yeah. was was getting intense next to me. Did Pretty you cool. mention at the time that you were a future Jordan Jesse Go guest? No, actually, I forgot. Yeah, we should I let people. We should let people know if you are calling these in and you're going to be on the show later. Yeah, because I mean, it's embarrassing for us that we missed out. Because you're going to so. get more popular and move to Los Angeles. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so just let us know if you plan on it. Yeah. This is almost 10 years ago. This was a while ago. We've been doing this show a long time. Sure. We're old men. I guess you're the second. I guess uh, Rice Silverman was on the show, and she had a momentous occasion that was actually on the show. Sorry, Dan. But yeah, like a legendary no, well, She's funnier than I am. She, she didn't have a creepy story. She probably had a, a fun celebratory one that examined life. No, actually, same one. <laughs> oh, <laughs> same thing. God, yeah, a marmot and a, marmot just, and a hawk. She's fucking beaming whole, to it. I know. Didn't have this whole fucking buildup about, oh, I had a five hours of road, I had five hours to my show and six hours of road ahead of me, and I was pushing my car and blah, 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 blah. She just said, I saw a marmot 
fighting a, a giant <laughs> raven, and I had to watch. Whatever. They I were cannot, tearing each other's faces off. Cannot wait to mansplain to Rye why my story is better. <laughs> can't wait. Okay, let's let's hear our first call with Brian next. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go. I'm, this is Will. I'm in Raleigh. I'm enjoying one of the beautiful fall days we have down here. And uh, I was driving along, and a middle-aged guy in a Chrysler Sebring convertible came driving past me, blaring some blues traveler. While he was driving, he whipped out his harmonica and accompanied the song right at the end. It was great. Thanks. Yeah. Bye. I have oh. also I have also seen I saw a dude at a stoplight once whip out a harmonica and just do a solo while he was waiting. <laughs> Is that car harmonica? I, it's a, I think it's a was thing. it also a Chrysler Sebring? I think they give you a harmonica yeah, when you buy yeah, the I think Sebring so. convertible. They, right, it's like a road test you have to take. It's a class of a driver's license. Can I There's tell a you class C just for you know normal cars, and then if you need a Sebring. You gotta uh, show I some feel harmonica like this is skills. Just John Popper, like people are. It just might, just, it might have John been Popper. him both times. Yeah, I think that a Chrysler Sebring convertible is the most embarrassing car in the world. <laughs> is it because you got a convertible? You got the convertible. That's why it's the most embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Like, be, like it'd be one thing. Like even a PT Cruiser. <laughs> You you could say you're getting the PT Cruiser for practical reasons. I was in a PT Cruiser when I, I went on that momentous occasion. There you go. So there's like so you know how embarrassing that is. It was horrible. Imagine taking it up a level. <laughs> like a a Chrysler Sebring convertible is like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get the convertible. But then you got a Chrysler Sebring convertible. Hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe like, that's I what it was. Like the... he knew he had failed as a car owner, so <laughs> like I'm going to showboat at every fucking stoplight. Yeah, I'm going to let people know that you know maybe I made the wrong car choice, but clearly my life is amazing because I can <laughs> I can go note for note with Popper himself, Although, harmonica king of the early '90s. I will say this. I think uh, uh, has John Roderick ever been a guest on Jordan Jesse Go? I don't think. Oh, he think he's at the, some of the live shows. Yeah. So John Roderick, the, the musician from the Long Winters and uh, uh, podcaster mm-hmm. from Roderick on the Line, very funny, uh, amazing guy. Uh, I went and hung out with him once in Seattle, where mm-hmm. he lives, and uh, we were driving around in a Chrysler Sebring convertible. <laughs> And I, you know, Roderick is like a really cool guy. You know, mm-hmm. Roderick is a great dresser and he's a professional musician and a raconteur. He's like a really cool guy. And I was like, I don't think Roderick would have an ironic car. No. that's not, He's not that kind of dude. So I said to him, John, what circumstances led you to have this Chrysler Sebring convertible? Because it doesn't seem like – if I imagine you driving a car around – I don't imagine you driving a Sebring convertible. And he told me he only drives cars that are free. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. So he he just takes cars from mm-hmm. friends and admirers who sure. don't want them anymore. Give him a car. Drives them until they break mm-hmm. and then abandons them. Another, <laughs> another free car. Now, he recently ran for office, didn't he? He did, yeah. And he probably waved to a lot of crowds out of the back seat of that I was going to say, this is a perfect Sebring. parade vehicle. <laughs> yeah. I and that impressed me as an as an ethic, sure, as an ethos yeah, to gotta, only sure. drive a free car. That's, that's a that's dedication. He won't spend a hundred dollars on a car, mm. free or nothing. Mm. But he's got to insure that sucker. Ah, uh, yeah, to some extent. <laughs> Maybe I not, mean, though. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. not audit John Roderick. I mean, what's a Chrysler Sebring convertible's road value? Seventy dollars. <laughs> 
Yeah, because if you wreck it. Depends on how much gas is in there. <laughs> yeah, if, you think you're gonna, if you think you're going to wreck it, just tuck and roll out. And <laughs> yeah. It gets the go ultra, about your day. If you get the ultra gasoline, it's worth right. twice yeah, yeah, as sure. much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's got a real clean gas. Yeah. Why does you have less problems with knocking and pinging? Is there an air freshener in there? There's a lot to yeah. a lot of ins, a lot of outs. Let's take that next call. Triple A maps. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, go, or whoever is here if it's a non-canonical week. Uh, I think I just saw an old man uh, crossing the street uh, with a gallon jug full of old pee to dunk <laughs> it out. Uh, so that's momentous. Uh, have a good one. As he knows, it wasn't fresh pee. Might have been fresh pee. Could have like been. Been. A guy could have peed a whole gallon. Yeah. I mean, what are the odds this is just some good old generic gas station lemonade? It, gallon you jug? know, it might be. But, I mean, I guess why is he pouring it out? Or was he? Did he say pouring it out? I thought he said walking with oh, it. Oh, he might have been. I guess I just maybe envisioned him getting to the end of the I guess crosswalk and are, dumping it out. <laughs> if you're pouring but, it out, it's not lemonade. Yeah, yeah I mean, sure. my presumption is that this old man is the coach of my Little League team, mm-hmm. and that's the drink that they would get us. <laughs> did he also have a bunch of paper cups? Sure. If so, it's that drink that just says drink on the outside right, of right, it. Right, and the, right. Legally, they can't the call it juice store. or... <laughs> yeah, it just says drink and it yeah. costs 79 cents for a gallon. We can't even call this liquid. Yeah. <laughs> Essence of orange fluid. The FDA. Yeah, right. The <laughs> FDA won't let us call this. Grapeish water. Yeah. Ugh. Drinkables. Um, yeah. That's cool. I mean, sometimes old dudes got to pee, you know? Can yeah. I tell you, I once got into this conversation with uh, my college friend Noah Finneyberg mm-hmm. about how kind of, just how kind of ghetto our Little League teams were. Mm-hmm. And just because I would see pictures of other kids' Little League teams where they had their own uniforms and stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, we would just get led into this weird like closet that had in the rec center that just had all these just fucked up 20-year-old uniforms that we would just get to pick our number and hope that it fit, you know, and we had to put a deposit on it and shit. But anyway, we were talking about different things that happen when you're on a shitty Little League mm-hmm. team, like uh, you ask to borrow the other team's bats, <laughs> and then they won't let you. Uh, which so you is just like have to a, swat the balls out of the air. Yeah, like the other team just has these, like you just have this bat that just says that just has steel bat on it or something yeah. like that. Legally, or, they won't let you call it a bat. Yeah, just exactly. Sports pole. Wilt, <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain donated it in 1974. <laughs> sure. um, but anyway, uh, he had he, he completely destroyed me. He grew up in Oakland. He completely blasted me out of the water with the thing that he said. Uh, before practice, we had to get in a line on one of the sidelines and cross uh, and go from that sideline or from that uh you know foul line mm-hmm. to the other foul line like we were uh you know like you would if you were like looking for a, a lost child or something <laughs> in the woods uh looking for syringes oh my <sighs> yeah <laughs> I was like, yeah, uh, well, you got to on that you don't one. Wanna, you don't want to dive for a, you don't want to dive for a foul ball and you're get a syringe in the eye. You were playing under the sink at a McDonald's bathroom. <laughs> yeah, saying it. So shout out to the St. Mary Seals. Jordan Jesse Go listener mm-hmm. emailed me the other day who think we think we might have played on the team together. Oh hey, Ooh. yeah. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. I don't think you guys challenged me on it. That was probably the wrong colloquialism to use. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like you were telling the truth. Yeah. Um, 
If you have a momentous occasion for us, 206-984-4FUN is the number to call or email us at jjgo at maximumfun.org. For God's sakes, let us know if you're going to be on the show. I hate to have another embarrassing situation like this. Make sure your story's not kind of creepy and has a really long ramp up to it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately the the embarrassment here is Dan Telfer's. (laughs) You know, yeah. Well, it's actually mine. I just peed in my pants. So. <laughs> oh, it's mine. I've got this gallon jug of my pee. Oh, good. <laughs> Can I tell you guys? I've been taking this migraine supplement, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's got some. <laughs> does it make your migraines better? It's what mm. it sounds like. Uh, I don't know if it does yet. More competitive uh, migraines. Apparently, take three months to start working. Mm. Uh, but uh, boy, does it make my pee yellow! Oh my God, is my pee yellow? It's got vitamins in it, maybe. Yeah, it's got some kind of vitamins in it. I don't know. It's got a potassium or something. There, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know which one it is that makes your pee yellow, but holy it's moly, a few of them, I think I could, I could, I could write on a wall hmm. with my pee, and you'd come back and see it the next day. That's how white, yellow my pee is right now. I would be afraid because I pride myself in my clear pee. Right. Mm-hmm. Well. I mean, you've always been in the process of going clear. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I feel like once they get all those thetans out of there. Yeah. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. La, 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 la. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morse, boy detective. Dan Telfer, tall gangly thing. Dan Telfer, also the man behind the brand new stand up comedy album, Ocean of Panic. It's a handsome album. I'm glad you like it. Designed by Sarah Pocock of uh, BuzzFeed and uh, comedy nerd fame. Well, there you go. Uh, Ocean of Panic, Dan Telfer on AST Records. You can got buy that probably. Pic- got a cute picture of Dan, a cartoon picture of you with a friendly squid. Yeah. Probably AST Records is a good place to go for that, huh? It is. Or iTunes.com. I got a pretty sweet cut on iTunes, whatever you want to do. If you want a physical copy, you gotta, I would go to go to the old ASTRecords.com. Yeah, and you know, you can you can hardly go wrong with anything on AST Records, run by our friend Matt Belknap and yeah. uh, uh, Ryan, whatever Ryan's last name is. Uh, Ryan McManaman. Ryan McManaman. They've been uh, very good to me. There's some real cool good guys, guys who uh, who really put out great records. So. We were just talking about how much uh, we enjoyed Karen Gilgariff on that. Uh, oh, Karen Gilgariff's la- label and, uh, thing is Guy Branham's uh, recent CD oh. on that fucking oh. label is amazing. Mwah. Mwah. As Jordan would say, sorry to steal your. No, that's there, okay. Jordan. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Can I? Do you mind if I? Yeah, that? sure. Go ahead, man. <laughs> Probably just be for tonight. I'm just I really into enjoying it. cuckolding jokes now. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna cool. start doing more of that. You know, I uh, heard on Stop Podcasting <laughs> Yourself, uh, they're not going to do anything about vaping anymore. They're focusing mm. on those hoverboards. Oh, cool. Well, <laughs> yeah. Now's the now's the time. Yeah. Um, Dan Telfer also going to be on at midnight. Yes, December eighth with uh, Maria Bamford and Steve Ag. So uh, fuck yeah, let's do that. Yeah. No reason not. To watch that, you're yeah. gonna write. You're gonna write some more jokes with Jordan, or what? Ah, uh, who the fuck knows? Hopefully, I'll uh, be able to write some, uh, and uh, we'll just. See All what I'm saying I write. is, if Jordan ends up with Maria Bamford, that's an unstoppable team. I mean, Steve Agee, you're gonna beat him nine times out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I think Steve Agee listens. He'll get to a. Jordan he'll Jessica. get a bum. No, Steve Agee has a very good at midnight track record. I he uh, he has been on right. many times, and uh, he also uh, has a great tech, uh, track record for. Text messaging me pictures of porn shot in our building. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so he excels at a lot of things. When we uh, when we did uh, nerd poker, they shot porn. I mean, they still probably do, like across in the same building in near Wolf, like 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 over, and they would always be shooting it. Oh wow! As we would be uh, getting out, or everyone would be getting high in the parking lot. That and... Earwolf building seems like a strange place to shoot porn. You this know what? building, not so much. I can kind of envision where porn would happen in here, but that. 
it's so office parky. It's Sorry, interesting. This is a great conversation the, for the show. The if you, no one has seen the, the building. part of the building. Yeah, the, the main part of the building is very officey, but there's uh-huh. like this weird structure in the middle of the U that's separate from it somehow. Huh. And that's where the and that's where is. that's really sexy in there. It, it is rough. Uh, one of my first times doing the podcast a little over a year ago, mm. I, I showed up and there were just two dudes banging just real right by the window. How about that? And uh, a couple other times we would we would be out in the parking lot and then just a bunch of. Women in underwear waving at us, being Aww, all like, well, look at sweet. those nerds. Let's wave at those nerds. <laughs> He's giving us something to jerk it to, <laughs> ladies. I got to tell you, there's a, a popular uh, pornography website. Mm-hmm. I won't say what website it they is. Have but... it, uh, they have websites for, for it now? <laughs> and it's yeah. popular? Yeah. They specialize in kink, mm-hmm. I'll say. <laughs> sure. Um, and they shoot everything in this building that's like four blocks from where I grew mm-hmm. up and was like – Absolutely the subject of all of – it was like if you have a castle in your neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It was called the Armory sure. in San Francisco. It was a huge brick. It was literally an armory for mm-hmm. like – I don't know, from like 1880 or something. Uh, and it's the establishing shot in mm-hmm. any of their pornography. I haven't seen any of it, but I've been told. Sure. And You've uh, had the establishing shot described to you. <laughs> sure. sure. Mm-hmm. They said, hey, Jesse, you know, here's something you might be interested in. Let me in. describe this establishing shot to you. Let me see if it rings any bells. And it throws me for a loop every time. Just like imagine if the like most important, mysterious, like the haunted building in your neighborhood right. or like if that was the establishing shot in a broad variety sure. of pornography. I uh, when I was first moving to LA, I was I crashed for eight months on uh, Ricky Carmona's couch, mm-hmm. an old friend of mine. He shoots a lot of porn there. <laughs> no, but when I was looking for a place to live mm-hmm. and borrowing friends' cars and driving to different neighborhoods, uh-huh. I had one string of appointments mm-hmm. to look at places in the North Hollywood Arts District. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've ever been there, but beautiful NoHo Arts Literally, District. people having sex in alleys, like with cameras. Like oh, there's just so much porn being like I, I I got really uncomfortable and ditched my third appointment because I was like. <laughs> Holy shit! There's just so much fucking happening sure. like, in public. But I mean, you could take the red line there, so that's a that's a bonus. <laughs> sure, that's <laughs> a metro red line goes up to North Hollywood. I do I take that red line to this day. I take the old Union Station to the Hollywood and Highland. It's a good time. I hear uh, quit bragging. I hear at night. Uh, <laughs> here at night, they call that the Brown Line. Okay, anal there, Dan Telfer, uh, SF Sketchfest. Jordan and I will be there. Yes, with special guest John Hodgman. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might know him from the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Um, SFSketchFest.com for all the information. Uh, is always a joy to go up to Sketchfest. And, totally. Uh, uh, visit the old hometown and the old first job I had in the entertainment industry, picking up Michael Showalter at the <laughs> Oakland Airport for what's SF that, Sketchfest. Uh, what's that sweet-ass penny arcade over at the, by the pier? Uh, the Musée Mécanique. Yeah, that place is awesome. Yeah, the Musée Mécanique is totally awesome. Uh, I got uh, – I had like a traumatic flashback because you used the phrase Penny Arcade. Hmm. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I uh, know what – that's a reference. OK. So um, there's, there's that. Uh, uh, put this on shop.com mm-hmm. if you want to buy a beautiful gift. Uh, and uh, December 12th, we'll be here at Max Fun HQ vending. So come by and buy something if you're in Los Tell Angeles. Tell me how to dress, Jesse. I know. Well, I'm trying – you're – yeah, um, I mean, no, you'll do it through this event. You'll do. We'll it through do this our podcast. best. We'll we'll talk. We'll work it. We'll work it through. We'll work it through. You and I. How about that? I like this. You and I can work this through. It's really comfortable.
You're really locked into me right now, Dan. <laughs> this is really upsetting me, He's actually. He's going to start making the P and the V motion. He's going to uh, do it. Yeah, there it is. On the boards this week, uh, Barry and X Perello, uh, our producer, Sonny D., Brian Fernandez. I just wanted to thank a nice listener, too, oh, before we wrap up, of who course. sent me a nice... Uh, a nice uh, package of cat gear. I was complaining on a recent show about how it's hard to find uh, masculine cat accessories. Uh, I don't think any of these are terribly masculine, but they're a lot of fun. Uh, and there's a nice there's a nice squeak toy called a play and squeak. Let's see if that. I think one of those cat accessories literally has pictures of apple teenies on it. Yeah. Uh, yes, this does have pictures of martinis. Mar- I don't know if they're apple teenies. Uh, I think they're apple teenies. There are olives on it though, which oh, okay. you would not put. So this is a proper martini. Uh, yeah, this is uh, this is Shannon Shannon Wallace from Houston, Texas, and Jasper, who I guess is her cat. Oh, that's so, a good. Cat thanks name. a lot. A lot of fun. Yeah. This is thanks. lovely stuff. I will. Uh, I'll try and get one on the cat and take a picture of her and maybe put it on Facebook or something. Yep. There we go. Dan Telfer. His album's called Ocean of Panic. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.